This morning, uh, all faith from the metro, metroplex of Logan County, Arkansas. Yeah, woo! <laughs> the metropolis. They're from Paris, like me. Arkansas. <laughs> I was thinking about them this morning. They came to Paris in 1992, I think. 92, fall of 92. I was still in Van Buren at the time when they first came. And I was thinking about all that. I thought, you know, the DNA. I think about that a lot, DNA. <laughs> Brother Kenny running from the Lord, that's his testimony. I ran all the way to South Louisiana. That's as far as you can go if you can't swim. <laughs> Middle of the night, heard an old evangelist named Jimmy Swaggart preaching and changed his life. Found his way up through Arkansas, started down there in L.A., I think, lower Arkansas. Made his way to Van Buren, which was where I think Denise was born and raised there. Yeah, and I came out of there during my teen years, an early adult, and Misty and Jeff came through there. Came out of Van Buren preaching. Well, I came through that same artery, came back through Paris, and came out preaching. <laughs> Pentecost, by the way. Preaching Pentecost, by the way. I was thinking, you know, when my kids were born, they were there. They were there. Yep. And when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, they were there. When I fell on my face in front of God and everybody in there, God and everybody knew me, they can testify to that. And I fell on my face before the world, and they were there. And we got up, and they were there. <laughs> And Lisa got hurt, and he was literally there, drove me to the hospital and spent the night with me when we didn't know she was going to live or die. And when we came home, you know, it was, they, they were there. They come out the front porch, and they, when we unloaded her, they were there. And, you know, when she left this old toil for something way better, <laughs> they were there. Thirty years. They were there. Now they don't pasture anymore. Now they're headed to Africa. Zambia will be their home, but I think they're going to be all over the continent, spreading the Pentecostal message all over the continent. So what I'm telling you is we were, I, we're, that's just DNA. That just makes you family, I think. And, you know, families love, and they're there, and they fight, and they were there, and I fought with them. That, I mean, that's just true. And I've probably... I'm probably partly responsible for some hair loss and heartburn and all that. That's all no doubt true, but that's just families. It is. So would you do me a favor and just help make welcome to Mauriceville All Gospel Church, Kenny and Denise Manus. Make them welcome this morning.
been to church already. Come on, yes. somebody. Yes. Woo! What presence of the Lord. I, they made a little joke. We came in with our suitcase and had our missions information inside. They think, well, y'all just coming to stay a while. I think, Denise, we need to stay a while in this presence. My Lord, folks, guard this. My Lord, guard it with your very life. Amen? Amen. I mean that. Listen to me this morning. Guard what God is doing. We're so excited to be here and see what God is doing, to see so many friends and family, as Brother J.R. said, and we're so proud of your pastors, aren't you? My Lord, my Lord. Thank God, thank God. We are thrilled to see what God is doing at Mauriceville All Gospel Church. We have been keeping up with you guys and thrilled with what God is doing, but it's just something different when you get to be here on site. Amen? Amen. My Lord, my Lord. I'd just like to load everybody up and bring them down and just have church with y'all. This is wonderful. Thank God, thank God. We are Kenny and Denise Manus, and for the last 30 years, we've kept the good folks at Paris, Arkansas from really getting a good pastor. And uh, it seemed the last... Uh, so, yes, last couple of years, God really began to stir our hearts that there was a major change coming in our ministry. And we thought we were just going to retire and be a good source maybe to our son-in-law there as he's pastoring up the road. But God was doing something different. And at the same time, God was saying change was coming. He was burdening our hearts with missions more and more. Now, we had to pray through that and work through that because we're grandparents and People going to the mission field or people fresh out of Bible college or fresh out of Chi Alpha. But God was saying, no, I'm speaking to you. We had to realize God was truly speaking to us. And so here we are on this journey. We're excited, uh, just like kids at Christmas, to be doing what we're going to be doing. We're going to have a fourfold mission there in Africa based in Lusaka, Zambia. We will be training churches and pastors with the Acts 2 journey model. Pentecostal model. We'll also connect it with Africa Tabernacle Evangelism. We'll be planting, building churches. Then they've also asked us to come alongside new missionaries to pastor them because you have missionaries who are fresh out of Bible college and fresh out of Chi Alpha with no pastoral experience. And that's where we're going to come in and be that encourager to them and support to them. We're very excited about that. And then finally, mobilization is something they've asked us to be a part of. We, we believe that God is speaking to people all over this world like never before because Jesus is coming soon. Amen. And there's still so much that's yet to be done in the kingdom of God. And we believe God's stirring folks, maybe folks in this season of life as we are, saying, why don't you take that step and follow after me and just sell out and, and go after God and, and just tell people about Jesus. So here we are, we're going. You see, we believe with every need in the kingdom of God, God's speaking to someone to meet that need. Every need in this great church, every need in Africa, Asia, Latin America, China, God is speaking to someone to meet that need. And if you even think for one second, friend, even for a little bit, that you would like to be involved in missions, whether short-term or long-term, your pastor, I know, could help you. We also would love to have a conversation with you because we believe that Jesus is bringing in the final harvest. Amen. Amen. We're so excited to do that. We hope that you can come by our missions table here in just a little bit, get one of our prayer cards because we certainly do need your prayers. We're going to be 
working with and loving on people that have never heard the name Jesus. People who for generations, their families have been bound by witchcraft. That stuff is still taking place. And I like to add this. I need prayer a little bit more than the average individual. I love animals. Animals love me. Now, that's okay here in the U.S., but in Africa, that might be a little sketchy, I promise you. As a matter of fact, the last time I was in Zambia, your pastor was on that trip, and I think his group went on a safari. My group was going fishing, so I had to go back to my cottage to get my phone because I wanted to take pictures of all those big fish I was going to catch and when I went to get my phone out of our cottage we were going back to get in the boat and I heard some rustling coming up out of the Zambezi River and this on the same day a bull elephant and a female hippo chased me that day but hey I, I'm here to tell it I, I live to tell the story and I promise you you have never witnessed a little chunky fella moving like I was moving that afternoon I promise I can move when I need to so we do need your prayers please come by and Check out our table if you don't mind. Thank you so much for your graciousness allowing us to be here. Thank you for your hospitality last night. We got so full of crawfish etouffee. I've been walking backwards this morning, I'll tell you. That's good stuff, good stuff. Praise the Lord. I think I found a little piece of whipped cream up here too. I'm going to enjoy that while I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in God's house? Aren't you glad that God wants you to have a little bit of fun on your way to heaven? Amen, amen, amen. Denise is coming right now to share her heart. Thank you for having us. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, and thank you for praying for us. And I was thinking as we were standing in this wonderful worship service, my heart is heavy for everybody to experience yes. the presence of God yes. the way we felt it this morning. It might not sound the same. The language might be different. The setting might be different. It could be under a tree or under a, yes. an open-air tabernacle. It could be in someone's home. It could be under secrecy for fear of your life. But I want everybody to feel what we felt this morning. <laughs> and that's why we go. That's why we tell somebody. And I will tell you that, and you know this as well as I do, somebody living across the street from you or that works in the cubicle next to you or on the line next to you or whatever it is, is living in that same darkness that we talk about in other countries. That spiritual darkness, and they need you to tell them. They need you to share what you felt today what you have experienced today, your story, and the gospel of Jesus, we all have a job to do. He's already said it. He'll probably preach about it. We all have a part to play. And how can I say, as a grandmother, as a, I put 19 years in in the school district that I worked in, how can I say, but God, I don't want to go. When there are so many people who've never heard and felt what I've heard and felt today. How can I say no? And we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't, we can't witness to somebody on our own. It just falls flat. But when we have the Spirit of God holding our hand, 
we can do it with his help. We're going to sing a song for you this morning. I can't walk without him holding my hand. I can't live without him holding my hand. I make a mess of things when I don't let him hold my hand. So if you know this, sing with us this morning.
seated if you can stand it this morning. Thank God that we get to be in his presence. Amen. Just want to say a thank you again to J.R. and Heather. You have the cream of the crop, folks. You know that, don't you? Praise God for what God is doing. Again, we're so thrilled to see how God is using them. We talked about it a little last night. I will never forget when Ron Cox was holding revival at our church. And Ron just began to prophesy as we were praying in the altar. And he said, God is about to use men like never before and began to say a lot of other things about what they would do. And he pointed at your pastor and said, like this man right here, God is about to use him like never before. And we're seeing that come to pass. And folks, God's not through yet. God's not through with you. God's not through with this church. You know that, don't you? Just, just this sense of excitement, this sense of, man, God is up to something big time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I, uh, I still am getting used to the term missionary. I have always loved missions, and it still gets me when I'm introduced as a missionary because that's, that's very precious to me. I, I get to stand here today and represent the lost. I, uh, your pastor's been gracious and said, you just do whatever you feel. You preach what you pr- want to preach. And I, uh, as we were praying and just seeking God about the service today, just trying to get in a place to hear God, I just kept hearing God stir my heart about missions and about the lost and so many need to experience what we've experienced this morning. I want to get into the Word just for a few moments this morning. Mark chapter 16, it is a familiar portion of Scripture. Mark 16, we're going to begin there in verse 14. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 14. I'm going to be reading from the King James because I love how it reads this particular aspect of the Great Commission. In Matthew, Jesus said, Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. In Luke... He says that repentance should be preached in my name. And then here in Mark chapter 16, I love this account of the Great Commission. Verse 14, he begins a resurrected Savior. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And I love verse 20 because this is still in operation this very morning. In verse 20 he says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, 
the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following our men. Aren't you glad about that today? Loving God, we bow our hearts to you today. Lord, we thank you for your presence, O oh Lord. What an awesome presence you've given us today to be in your house and be in your presence. Lord, thank you, Lord, for saturating this place and saturating every soul, O oh God, that's been in worship today, mighty God. Bless, Lord, this house. Bless this pastor and leadership. Bless this church, O oh God, with the greater things, O oh Lord, that you have already planned. Bring it to fruition, we pray. We ask you now, Lord, for your anointing to communicate your word. Without it, Lord, we'll sit down. Be an anointing upon our hearts to receive. The anointing upon our hearts to communicate your word. And we'll be very careful to give you all the thanks and praise, for it is in your wonderful, matchless name that we do pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 The last few years, I found myself preaching there at Paris First Assembly about the Great Commission. I felt the Lord stirring my heart to preach to our people that we all have a part in the Great Commission. Amen. Every one of us have a place to fill, and I'm preaching that to our people trying to stir their hearts, and God begins to speak to me as I'm preaching to our people. He's good like that, you know, and as I'm preaching that, God's speaking to me, and he says, son, what about you? What are you going to do about the Great Commission? What are you going to do about missions? And I, you know how you have conversations with the Lord or try to. I'm like, God, you know, we're pastoring the church here. We love missions. Uh, we love giving to missions. We do missions trips. We have missionaries. We're all about it, Lord. That, that's our DNA. We love missions. And, and uh, the Lord said, yeah, but what are you going to do about that? He began to speak deeper to me about that. And we had to realize God was speaking to us about giving our lives to full-time missions. And we've told you that story as we got started, how that was something we had to work through and pray through. So here we are. We're on our road there on this journey, excited to be getting busy in Africa, on the continent of Africa. And as we're talking about this scripture this morning, there are three things that we notice that I want to talk about just for a little bit this morning. First of all, there we do see in this portion of scripture, we see the Great Commission itself. How do you know that it was Jesus that said go here? Amen. It was not an organization. It was not a fellowship. It was not a specified group. But it was Jesus himself, the Son of God, who tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Oh, dear friends, it's the one that spoke this world into existence that still tells you and I to go today. He tells us to go, whether that be across the sea or whether that be across the street. Jesus says go. Quickly, there are three things that we notice about the Great Commission. First of all, it is for all of us. The Great Commission is for all of us. None of us can say, well, that does not apply to me. That's not relevant to me. The Great Commission is for all of us. And can I tell you, dear friends, the Great Commission is for right now. Amen. It wasn't just written for people over 2,000 years ago. The Great Commission is for you and I today in July of 2023. Why? Because there's still somebody that needs to hear the greatest story that's ever been told. Somebody still needs to be in the presence of God like we're in the presence of God today. Why? Because the devil has them bound and they need to be set free by the power of a loving God who rescues the perishing. Glory to his name. So the Great Commission is for you and I. It's for right now. 
also the Great Commission is just as relevant this morning as it was that day when a resurrected Savior stood before this crowd and said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, I read this portion of scripture for years and it didn't really hit that this was a resurrected Savior that was preaching here. Think about that. He's standing there with, they could see the nail prints in his hand, the feet, he had the scars in his feet and he stands before this crowd and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he says, I'm going to be with you. The signs are going to follow. The Holy Spirit is going to confirm the word with signs following. And I don't believe, Pastor, that Jesus stood there just in a low-toned voice. I don't believe he was just nonchalant when he said go. But I believe there were tears in his eyes. I believe maybe his chin quivered when he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. You see, he was saying, this is why I died. This is why I rose from the grave. So that you could go in power and preach the gospel to every creature. He said go and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. So the Great Commission is for us all, dear friends, and it's for right now. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, said, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. Rather, it is a command to be obeyed. And then one of my heroes, David Livingston, the great missionary to Zambia, said, If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice. Amen. Jesus tells us to go. We all have our place in the Great Commission. So we see the Great Commission in this scripture. Secondly, this morning we see the cause for the commission. There is a cause for the Great Commission. Can I just tell us today the, the, that people are the cause for the Great Commission. That's why there is such a thing. It's summed up there in verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved saved but he that believeth not shall be damned. Friend, that's the gospel. And I'm so glad that the gospel is still simple. Amen. Simple enough that a child can understand those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Hallelujah to his name. We don't have to be all high tech. We don't have to be uh, backed up in a lot of education necessarily. We just need to know that God is going with us. And when we go preaching the gospel, he will confirm the word with signs following. Glory to his name. The cause this morning, dear friends, is people. Every time I look at the statistics currently of lost and unreached people, I'm just, I stagger at that thought. We understand there are 7,402 unreached people groups in the world today. Let me say that again. 7,402 unreached people groups in the world today. It literally represents millions of people. Millions of people who this morning are not hearing a gospel message. Millions of people this morning who've not been able to be in the presence of God. Millions of people who are bound by darkness and witchcraft. Millions of people that when a loved one dies, no one's giving them hope that they have a chance to see that loved one again through faith in Jesus Christ. Over 7,000 unreached people groups. 867 of those unreached people groups live on the continent of Africa. Over 40% of this world's population has no access to the gospel. And here's one that stirs my heart. We have the same number of missionaries in Africa today 
as there were in 1960. The same number of missionaries in Africa today as there were in 1960. Denise said it well. How can we say no? How can we not go? Dear friends, we have to do something. I have to do something. We had the great privilege of being able to be involved in a lot of different missions trips, building churches in Belize, doing missions trips to Africa. And one of the things that got me when I would come back, Brother J.R., is so much that still needs to be done. So much that still needs to be done all over the world. But we are running out of time. Amen. We are very rapidly running out of time. And I have to do something something. I have to do something. First Samuel chapter 17, we hear a very familiar story. It's the story of David and Goliath. You could tell it as well as I could. David comes upon the scene. The Philistine champion Goliath is coming out for 40 days straight. He's cursing God. He's blaspheming God and Saul's army, God's army, supposed God's army is afraid to face the Philistines. And David comes upon this scene. He sees this Philistine cursing and blaspheming God. And David is stirred. I believe there's a passion in his heart when he says there in verse 29 of 1 Samuel 17, he says, is there not a cause? What he was saying, is there not a cause to fight this giant? Is there not a cause for someone to stand up? Is there not a cause for someone to go after this Philistine and conquer him in Jesus' name? Dear friends, I tell you today, I hear the Savior of the world, saying to the last day's church, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to go? Is there not a cause to sacrifice? Is there not a cause to go on that mission trip? Is there not a cause to be involved? Dear friends, we are running out of time. Is there not a cause? Amen. You see, very, very soon, we're going to be going home. Our Lord is coming back to this earth. I so appreciated the Sunday school lesson this morning talking about prophecy and end times. It was on my mind as I was driving down, getting here yesterday, coming to be with you. I was thinking about heaven and thinking about all of our family gathered home one of these days. Friend, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I want to take as many people as I possibly can. Don't you? Hallelujah. I don't want to get there empty-handed. I'm not going to get there empty-handed. I want to take as many people as I possibly can. I love that scripture in Revelation 7 and 9. It says, talks about this great number that no man can number. of Every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. I love that scripture. And I, can I tell you, friend, there are going to be people from Mauriceville going to be in that number because you've reached out to them. Glory to God. There are going to be people from Zambia, Africa. There are going to be people from those Muslim countries where they cannot preach the gospel, but they heard the gospel and believe they're going to be standing around that number. Glory to his name. It's worth it, my dear friend. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. You see, whatever we're going to do, we must do it quickly. Amen? We must do it quickly. There's a cause and that cause is people. There's an urgency, dear friend. God, give us a fresh urgency to reach the lost. A new urgency for the Great Commission. Amen? We must have that. Last June, Denise and I had the great honor of being commissioned as full-time missionaries to the continent of Africa. There were 88 missionaries going to 33 different countries. This last 
Just two weeks ago, this last commissioning, there were 94 new missionaries that were commissioned. And I say to you, dear friends, we're not running out of Bibles. We're not running out of buildings. We're not running out of missionaries. But we are very, very quickly running out of the most priceless thing that we have. We are running out of time. I've told people more than once, I don't know. That's how soon I believe it's coming is. I don't know if we're going to even get on the field, but we're going to be doing our very best to get there because we must do something. Amen? We must do something. Is there not a cause? There's a cause, dear friend, and that cause is people. Then also we see also in this portion of Scripture, we not only see the commission, the cause, but we see the call. We see the call of God here. God is still calling people. I'm thankful in this hour that we're living in. I will never forget, I can take you to the spot at First Assembly of God in Monticello, Arkansas, where I know God spoke to my heart to preach His Word. I did not hear an audible voice, but I might as well have heard an audible voice. Might as well have heard an audible voice. This call to missions, it's the same. I, I told our area director, I said, it's like I've received a second call. I didn't know God would do things like that. But I didn't hear an audible voice, but I might as well have heard an audible voice when God has called us into missions. We, our church sent us for our 25th pastoral anniversary sent us on a trip to Zambia, a three-week trip, and we were camping out in the bush. I was in my element, man. I was having a blast. I don't know if Denise enjoyed it as much as I did, but I loved that. We were camping out, and I'm talking about when you lay your head at night, you could hear the lions roaring at night. I love that. And uh, we were camped out there, and at night we would build a big bonfire and preach the gospel, and people would come out of the woodwork into the bush, and we would preach the gospel. People would believe, be, would get saved, and it was a glorious time. And i come back to the States, and at night I would dream that I was back there around that campfire preaching the gospel. I, I, we would do worship service there at Paris, and while we're worshiping in my spirit, I could hear them worshiping in Africa. God was speaking to my heart. I remember Jason Stidham was holding revival for us. I was sitting on the front row and Jason was preaching about doing what God tells you to do. And he made this statement. He said, if God tells you to pack your bags, if God tells you to go to Africa, you better pack your bags. I was this close. I almost jumped up in the middle of the service and said, it's me. You're talking to me. I remember coming home after that service and weeping to Denise. And like, I almost jumped up because God is doing something. You know what she said? She said, when are we going to Africa? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still praying about all of that. There are some defining moments in all of our lives, I believe, when God gets a hold of us and God speaks to us. I want to show you a picture, if I may, of a church. Now, mind you, we had already driven from Mangu, Zambia, to Shangambo, Zambia, and we're camping there. And then we had driven another two hours, literally through knee-deep sand, to this place in the middle of nowhere. Can I tell you, there's an Assembly of God church in the middle of nowhere. I've been there. That doesn't look like much. That's a, a little mud-brick church, had a dirt floor, and then the next picture is a picture of a door. That doesn't look like much either, maybe, but that's a homemade wooden door. And they had written in pencil, Assembly of God. 
I cannot tell you how that impacted me. Usually I'm weeping when I tell this part of the story because it hit me that there was a missionary whose name I don't even know went to this extremely remote location so people could hear the name of Jesus, so people could be saved and set free. And I can't tell you how God indelibly imprinted my life at this moment there. And then it wasn't just the church building, not just the door, but really it's what happened in that building that day. We were preaching to these folks, and we were supposed to have two or three sessions, but after the first session, the Holy Ghost fell in that little church. They were elbow to elbow, maybe a hundred plus there. Heaven fell in that place, and every individual in that building, either for the first time or a refilling, received a baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That was my Zambian Pentecost. I want to show you that video too, real quick if we could. Hallelujah. Heaven came down that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Heaven came down and God said, this is what I want you to be doing. This is what I've called you to do. And we're so excited to be able to do that. And you know, we're all called as a believer. Amen. Again, we're all called as a believer. The question is today for all of us is will we answer the call? Will you answer the call? You see, they're here. They're there, they're across the street, they're across the sea. And the time that we can minister to them, dear friends, grows shorter every single day. God, give us all, give the church world a brand new burden and urgency for the Great Commission. I think about so many people that we had the opportunity to minister to as we were pastoring there in Paris. I think about Wayne Gregory, J.R. knows all these, and Raymond Powell, and Richard Gray and Judy Louder, God, people who God set free so powerfully and gloriously. I think about Wayne Gregory. I, I met Wayne out in the community one day and actually, actually met, got to talk to Wayne. We were crappie fishing. Now, some of y'all might call that a sockele, I know. I got somebody's attention right then, I know for sure. But we're fishing there, and the only thing they would bite was minnows. You, you couldn't get them to bite a jig for anything. And we were, he was on one side of the log, and I was on the other, and we were catching fish right and left. And Wayne's about to get his lemon, and he's about to run out of minnows. And he said, Preacher, would you sell me a dozen minnows? I said, Sir, I will not, but I'll give you a dozen minnows. I gave him a dozen minnows. He finished up his limit. Go flash forward about two weeks. Wayne's sitting on the front row. When I gave the altar call, Wayne fell in those altars and he wept his way through to salvation, gloriously saved. He said, Preacher, you don't know this, but my daughter was recently killed in a horrible auto accident. He said, I've been mad at God. I've been blaming God. He said, as a matter of fact, the other day, I stuck a revolver in my mouth. And as I'm pulling the trigger, he said, I promise you, a force hit my hand and said, you don't need to do that. You need to get your life right with God. And he said, it scared me and shook me, and I found my way to this church. And today, can I tell you, Wayne Gregory is sitting in the house of God, worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. They're right here, friend. There's some more Waynes not far from you this morning. God's calling you to reach them whether it be a dozen minutes or whether it be a loaf of bread, a pat on the back, or an invite to church. God's calling you to reach them. Then I also think about a young lady in Zambia. 
Her village was so remote, there was no road. The only way the team could get to her village was to walk in. They walked into that village, and in that village, this young lady was very withdrawn. She was very backward. She could not look anyone in the eye. They began to minister to her. My son-in-law, Isaac, began to talk to her. What's going on? And come to find out, the witch doctor had cursed this young lady and told her she would never be able to have a child. And they ministered to her and said, listen, Jesus has bore our curse. You don't have to walk around with a curse. They prayed for her. She believed the gospel was gloriously saved. Now flash forward another year. The team goes back to that remote place in western Zambia. They walk into her village. When they walk into that village, a young lady comes running up to them, grinning from ear to ear. Her face is bright. She's big and smiling. She's looking them right in the face. And most of all, she's holding a brand new baby boy. And you know who it was. It was that young lady that got set free by the power of the gospel. Dear friends, can I tell you, Jesus changes everything, whether it be right here in the U.S. or whether that be in Zambia, Africa, China. He changes everything. Hallelujah. Oh, give him praise in the house this morning. Glory to God. So what it all boils down to is what are you going to do? Will you answer the call? Will you go across the street? Will you go across the sea? Will you do what God's asked you to do? Talking about the Great Commission, you might have heard the name J.W. Tucker. J.W. Tucker was a missionary from Russellville, Arkansas. J.W. Tucker, when he was home on furlough, he was called to the Congo region of Central Africa. When he was home on furlough, the leadership there in Arkansas said, J.W., don't go back right now. They said, it's very dangerous. They're trying to overthrow the government. Why don't you stay here with your wife and children and go back later? And he made a powerful statement that still stirs my heart today. He said, the Great Commission doesn't tell me to stay home. The Great Commission tells me to go. J.W. Tucker went back to the Congo region of Africa the rebels invaded the compound where they were living. The daughter, the children and wife were all safely hidden away, but they took J.W. Tucker, and they literally beat that man to death. We understand that it was, it was so gruesome, I don't even want to go into all of it, but they literally beat the man to death. Then they took his bloody body and threw it in the Congo River, crocodile-infested Congo River. There's a proverb in that part of the world that says, if a man's blood is shed in the Congo River, they have to hear his story. They have to know why a man's blood was shed in the river. One of the rebels who was responsible for J.W. Tucker's death became a believer because J.W. Tucker was such a powerful witness for Jesus, and he saw his witness, and this man got saved. One of the rebels... And this man felt the call of God on his life. So this rebel turned preacher is going up and down the Congo River to village after village. And he's preaching. You've heard that a white man's blood was shed in the Congo River. I've come to tell you why this man's blood was shed. Because he was telling the story of a God who loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross and shed his blood. That we might be free, eternally free. Hallelujah. And to this very day, 
You can see in the Congo River, there's church after church after church after church lined up on the Congo River because one man said, I can't stay. I have to go. I have to obey. God help us to be involved in the Great Commission before it's everlasting too late. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Loving God, we're grateful, we're thankful for your kindness and your goodness. Lord, we, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, that we get to be alive during this remarkable time that we're living in, Father. Thank you so much, God. I pray, Lord, that you would stir our hearts, stir individuals today, oh God, whether that be across the street or whether that be across the sea. Dear friends, I know this church and this pastor well enough that if you have a need, then these altars are open for you. If you need to be saved, maybe the call of God on your life this morning is for you to just come home, for you just to surrender. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's the first and foremost, most important thing. And if that's you, why don't you just get up out of your seat and make your way to this altar? Take care of it, man. It'll be the greatest, greatest thing you've ever done in your life. The greatest decision you've ever made. And if you're here this morning and you just say, maybe you've done this a thousand times. Dear friend, maybe this would be a thousand and one. But you just say, missionary, I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. Whether that be across the sea whether that be across the street. Like I said, you might have done this a thousand times. I challenge you to do a thousand and one. You never know what God might be empowering you to get ready to minister to somebody. If you're here and you'd say, I'll do whatever God wants me to do, would you stand right now? Hallelujah. 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 Could you just lift your hand and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Hallelujah. I give myself to you, God. I give myself away. Lord, somebody, somebody, oh God, needs to hear that story. Lord, use me. Empower me. Anoint me, oh God, to be that one. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.